welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. You know, traditionally, traditionally, religion tells us that we need to gather like this to experience the presence of God. And in fact, when we sometimes share with others, you should come to church. You should come and be with us to experience who God is. But I want to challenge these thoughts this morning. God's presence cannot be hidden in the life of a believer. God's presence cannot be hidden in the life of a believer. True carriers of God's presence have the evidence of His presence every single day. If you are born again, you carry the presence of God. It is not because I am born again that I come to church. I am born again because God has made me brand new. There is a transformation that has happened. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new one has begun. So when I give, when I surrender my life to Christ, there is a transformation that happens. The old is gone, everything has been made new. I am no longer the same person. I have become new in Christ. Everything that was of me has gone. Everything has now been made new. I now carry the presence of God. It is not I just experience it or I go and experience it or I go and meet it somewhere. I now carry the presence of God everywhere I go. Whereas before people travel, people go, people jump churches from here to there to try and feel this experience, to try and get this presence. And wherever I fit in for a week or two or 10, I'll stay there until I believe the presence of God has gone somewhere else. Are you really born again? The Bible tells us that there is a transformation that happens within the life of a believer when they surrender all to Jesus. Evidence of God's presence can be seen. I'll say that again. Evidence of God's presence can be seen. We cannot see God, but I can experience and see the evidence of God's presence in your life should be in mine. When you are born again, these things take place. When you become born again, you do not remain the same. A transformation takes place. A visible, tangible transformation takes place. Not only will you see it yourself, but others around you will see it, feel it, and experience it. 
You know, in the Old Testament, we know that when Moses, in, in, uh, in Exodus 34, when Moses went up to Mount Sinai, met up with God, the Bible says that when he came down, the glory of God was so on him, so filled him, that the people, when they looked at him, could not look at him face to face because the glory of God shone on him. But as the days rolled on, that was gone. Dare I say that you and I have something far greater now that the Spirit of God dwells within each one of us, that no longer does the presence of God come and go, the Spirit of God that rests on somebody, then it goes. But now the Bible says that He dwells in us. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Bible says, goes on later on, it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt in the world, dwelt amongst us. What does dwelt amongst us mean? He lived in the world. He experienced everything that you and I experience. He was here. He made his dwelling. He lived within the Word. That same word dwell is what happens when you and I surrender and give our lives to God, He now dwells, makes His dwelling, makes His presence, makes His home within each one of the believers. No more does He come and go. No more is there just a presence for a time. But now everywhere we go, we carry the presence of God. Everywhere we go. Let me show you. Ah. Uh. 1 Corinthians 3.16, the Bible says this. Don't you realise that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? So we are temples of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells, lives in you. Just think about this. He dwells in you. So no more God be with me. God is with you. Jesus said so. Go into all the world. Make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And remind them of everything that I have commanded you. And I will be with you until the very ends of it. It's not a nice, just, uh, you know, go well, I'll be with you. No, 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 I will be with you. I am with you. There is not a place you can go that God cannot go with you. Why? Because God's there before you even are. God is already there. So now God dwells within me. So there is no place that I walk into that the presence of God is not there. This is why, this is why I am able to take the word of God to all people, to all circumstances, to all situations. Whether you're going into the doctors to hear a bad report, the presence of God is here. If I'm going to a dark place, the presence of God is here. No matter where we're going, if you're going to school, going to work, if you're just maybe a stay-at-home mum or dad, you carry the presence of God. 
Every phone call you make, every phone call you receive, every person you see, the presence of God they will encounter. Why? Because you are carrying the presence of God. No more high. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. You want to come to church so you can find out? You carry the presence of God. Be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in you. In season, out of season, that, that phone call that you weren't expecting, that person that you bumped into, the person who said, I haven't seen you in ages. Would you pray for me? How many of us, I love what Pastor Matt says all the time, that we are, that we are, what's the word you use? No, 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 not the minister one. No, no, that's, everyone's heard that one. <laughs> um, uh, we, we get interrupted. Like I, I have, I have a, you know, daily work. I'm going, I've got plans. And all of a sudden something happens where God has interrupted your day simply because you can minister to somebody who's in desperate need. I don't sit there and go, look, I really don't have the time, but here's a card, see you Sunday. That's not going to touch people. That's not going to touch people. What touches people is when you are interrupted. How often have we read the stories where Jesus was going to and all of a sudden, who touched me? One out of the thousands of people, one touched me. That stops Christ. Oh, the work that he was going to do is still going to be there. Oh, you will get to it, but don't forget that one. That's what's needed. That is being Christ-like. That is carrying the presence of God. I am going my daily business, but I'm carrying the presence of God in case God interrupts my day. And I want to be interrupted. Who does not want to be interrupted? If you don't want to be, maybe a little bit too busy. But God has his ways that he will interrupt you to bring glory to him and purpose to you. So pray daily. I love you, man. <laughs> You're amazing. Pray daily. The Bible reveals to us that we can clearly see evidence that shows us God's presence in someone's life. Clearly it does, and I'll show you. We all know these verses, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit, who is it? The Holy Spirit that produces this kind of fruit in our lives. When we become born again, there is evidence. What is that evidence? Well, I go to church once a week. I do Bible study once every two weeks. Prayer, well, hmm. But the Holy Spirit produces fruit that is so evident it cannot be denied. It is evident. And what is it? It produces fruit. And what is the fruit? It doesn't say fruits. And I remember Lydia told, telling me this years and years and years ago. She said, Ahab, do you know that it actually says fruit? Not fruits. But when you look at them, there's nine there. So that's singular. All these things, not some of them, not one or two of them, not I'll pick. I'm pretty good with patience. Well, actually, I'm not. Right? I'm pretty good with patience. Kindness depends on, right? But here it says, Holy Spirit, just not up to me. 
If it was up to me, I would fail in every one of them. But praise be to God, it is the Holy Spirit's work in me that produces this fruit. So it is love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness and self-control. All these things is what is produced when Holy Spirit dwells in you, not some. Maybe we need to work on them. Absolutely we do. Because we can come to God and say, I'm not very good with patience. I need to work on this. And God will put you in positions where you need it. Everyone's laughing because everyone knows it's true. (laughs) But praise be to God that it is his work that produces this fruit. And it is evident and it must be produced as evidence that Holy Spirit dwells in you. Jesus, our beloved Jesus, in John chapter 15, we know the the famous chapter, where he talks about that he is the true vine. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that does not bear fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce, what? Even more. We have plenty of gardeners here. And they will attest to this. In fact, Silvana and I, we pruned a tree a couple of days ago, or a few days ago. Evident, uh, admittedly, it wasn't our tree. <laughs> but it was a tree that was kind of hanging over. And it wasn't just making more of a mess than anything else. Yeah, nice shade and whatever. But when we cut it, we both looked and thought, that looks much better, right? Only Not because it's not just leaning over, but there's going to be less mess and it's just, it's just pruned, you know? And that's what Jesus does. That's what the Holy Spirit does, that it cuts off things in me, like Pastor Simon was saying this morning, that there are things that God is pruning, that there are things that God wants to diminish or demolish in our lives so that we will produce more fruit. You know that the less branches there are, the less bits and pieces that are hanging off us, more fruit is produced. Why? Because more nutrients get to that part instead of branching all over. God wants to produce good things in you, good things in us. This is the Father's will. And I'm not speaking to the leaders here. I'm speaking to every single one of us. I'm speaking to you. If I can see every eye, I am speaking to you. Because you can, you should, because Holy Spirit dwells in you. Every time you walk into a classroom, the presence of God is there. Every time somebody comes into your gym, Colin, the presence of God is there. They walk into that presence. Or you may walk into a supermarket, the presence of God is there. And it produces all this love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. All this combined in one because Holy Spirit is one dwelling in you. It is not how you this, I'm not this, believe me. But praise be to God, it's because of him that I'm like this. But what is this fruit? Do you like that? I heard my own voice then it was bad. (laughs) That's not good. That's not good. So what is this fruit for? What do I do with this fruit? What am I supposed to do with it? Ephesians 2.10 
tells us this. For we are God's masterpiece. That in itself, I could just end the verse there. We are God, and this is, this is a series of sermons. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. So He created us in His image. We are His workmanship, another version says. A masterpiece in who? You're not alone like this. But you are in Christ, doing His will, doing good things, the things that He already planned for us. Again, this is not for the leader. This is for every single person who says, I'm a follower of Christ. Every single person that the Holy Spirit lives in, dwells in, He is yours and you are His and His banner over me is love. Is that Song of Solomon's? Is it? There we go. Who said preachers don't talk about Song of Solomon's? We do. (laughs) Now that I know I carry the presence of God, I can go into the world or people can come into my world And I can share with them who Christ is. He empowers me to do this. A lot of people will say things like, yeah, but I don't, I can't talk. I don't know how to speak. Great. Read the story of Moses. He too couldn't. He pleaded with God to, you know, send my own brother. I can't, I can't, you know, and a few couple of books down, here he is leading three million Israelites out of the land of Egypt. Why? Because God enabled him. God enabled him. Some people will say, I don't have the resources to help everybody that I could. Let me remind you of of, um, Peter and John when they were going to the the synagogue again to to pray and to worship. They used to do this daily and there was a beggar there. Do you remember the story? And he was saying, give me some money. You know, I'm, I can't work. I can't, you, you know the story. And they weren't looking around. Do you have five? Do you have a fiver? Do you have 10? Peter, John, anybody? They said, we don't have anything. I can't give you what you're asking for. But I will give you what I know I can give you. And that is in the name of Jesus. Pick up your mat. Get up. And walk. You may not have resources. Don't worry, but the Holy Spirit in you, who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, can fill you, can give you the resources that you think you lack. But if you yield to Him, and if you say, I will be used by you, Lord, I will go wherever you want me to go, I will speak with whomever you want me to speak with. God will empower you. God will give you everything that you think you lack. Some of you may say, I'm, I'm, I'm too shy, I'm too scared. Again, I'll remind you, greater is he that is in you. Greater is he that is in you. You carry the presence of God. 
Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He will give you the strength that's required because you carry the presence of God. You know, a lot of times we we like to think about, you know, we want to change the atmosphere or we carry an atmosphere. I say it's beyond that because you can walk into an atmosphere that is so dark, that is so ungodly, so unholy, so not God-fearing. But when you walk into that place, when you walk into that room, you are carrying the presence of God. You change the atmosphere because of the presence of God. So don't ever fear what you're walking into or who you are speaking with. For you carry the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus. You carry Him. He dwells in you. He blesses you. He carries you. He said, never will I forsake you. Never will I leave you. When you walk through the waters as Moses did and the Israelites, I will be with you. When you walk through the flames as Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, I will be the fourth in there with you. You cannot be anywhere without the presence of God if you have yielded to the Spirit of God. Be encouraged. I want to share with you a story or two. And I only do this simply because I want you to see the evidence of this. And, and you know, I've not been one to just say, it's great that I know about the Word of God. I'm not content with just knowing the Word of God. It's, it's not enough. The devil knows the Word of God. Demons know they tremble. But if I'm a true child of God, I need to live out the Word of God. I need to know what it means that I will be with you, that I will carry you, that I will be with you through the tough times. If I'm trying to avoid these tough times, how am I going to experience the presence of God? How am I going to experience the power of God unless I'm going through tough times? Don't shy away from them. Face them. Why? Because God is with you. He walks with you. As you know, some of you would know that, that I, I drive Uber, etc., etc. And I met a girl um, who she had her child with her and uh, she was not doing too well very first time and, you know, she blurted out a lot of things. And, you know, I, I prayed for her during that time and uh, dropped her off, etc., etc. Never seen her again. And if you know how Uber works, it's very, very, very rare that you would ever get a repeat rider. That's just the way it happens. But anyway, there was one time that we had a staff meeting on and God interrupted. And I pick up, said the name, and I thought this name looks familiar. I pick her up and she comes into the car and she just starts bawling her eyes out. And she said, I prayed that it would be you. And I said, why? She said, because if it wasn't you, I would have killed myself today. Such is the presence of God, the love of God, that he will interrupt your day because he cares for people. Did you not say that you're available? I'm available. 
are you not available? And I didn't go on with that story, but that, that's plenty. That's enough. And that's simply because God loves her. And you are that touch for that person. You are God's touch. You are God's presence for that person. I have countless stories. This is God. People have, pe- people have come into the car and says, what is this aroma? There is so much peace in this place. And these are people who are struggling. These are people who are, I don't even have to say a word, but they walk into the presence of God. And jokingly, I say, well, God rides with me. I said, what are you, are you serious? I said, oh, this is serious. I said, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I ride with God because he was in this car long before I was. And you get talking. People are searching. They walk into the presence of God. Or you are walking into an atmosphere that's not godly. All of a sudden, things change. Do we not say when Jesus walks into the room, you carry the presence of God? He's so beautiful because he wants to use you, each one of you. Yeah, I'm looking into each eye if I could. I don't want to miss anybody. But he wants to use you in a way you've never been used before. If we just would yield to him and not just think, oh, it's the people up here that have got a special something. It's not. It's not at all. Because Jesus used 12 very, very, very ordinary people to change the course of the world. He gave the ministry to 12, which became 500 in the end, but changed the world. Not because he gave them weapons, not because they had the Bible, they didn't even have the scriptures. Not all of them, not the New Testament, surely. But he empowered them. I will teach you the Holy Spirit that I will send. He will remind you of everything that I have told you. That's all they had. Remember the time when Jesus sent out the 12? He sent out and said, go into neighbouring you know, suburbs and spread the news. They came back full of joy. They even said, even the demons believed us. This was great. Because now they put to practice what Jesus told them you can do. So come on, come on, let's read. Get into the word, get into the word, but not just read it. You are reading the word. In the beginning was the word, get into Jesus. If I had, you know, plans of writing everything that was up there, the 18 plans that, that, that my beautiful brother had last week, and what a great sermon that, that was last week, I just have one. Just be with Jesus. Be with Jesus. It's not profound. It's not too deep. That's what God wants me to deliver to you today. Let's bow our heads. Let's spend some time with him. I will share just one other story simply because this I experienced 
the power of God in this particular situation. I was ministering to a man who had come to church a long, long time ago. And he was, um, he he had a problem with drinking, lost his wife and his son. And he would always call me and say, he had come to my place and just help me. And he lived in a very, very, very rough part of town. And he lived in a unit of flats. Those unit of flats generally had just men. And they were, yeah, they were very, very rough. I'm I'm picturing them now. And they got to know me as I got to know them. They didn't like what I was bringing to my friend, just the presence and peace of God. And just to cut a long story short, one time where they said to me, if you come back here, we will kill you. Guess what happened? He called me again. This time it was around two o'clock in the morning. And I ummed and ahed. said, I'm leaving my family behind. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't fear what's going to happen. I, you know, I told Sylvana and I went and it was pitch black and of course the place where he lived was the furthest away from the stairs so I was the boys were outside again and even in the pitch black they said you're back I said I am and they threatened me again they said you heard what we said was going to happen if you do come back I didn't respond I just started to walk and I walked slowly and then one by one each one of them looked at me went inside shut the door surely they didn't see who I was I'm not very intimidating I can't protect myself not against men but what they saw whatever they saw don't care what they saw. They would have seen angels surrounding me. They would have seen the presence of God. Because if God wants you to be in a place and you hear it from Him, then He will give you everything that you need to carry out His work. Now I experienced this for myself. Didn't have things to fall back on. This is the very first time I've been threatened like this. Yet one by one, then I saw the look in their eye and they looked like they had seen someone. And one by one, it was just like a movie kind of thing where they just... And they closed the door and went inside. And I got to go and see him, ministered to him, did whatever needed to be done. But to experience true presence that truly He is with us truly truly He is walking with you guiding every one of your steps protecting you from all harm and all evil in His precious name spend a few minutes and say Jesus experience I want to experience
experience these things. I want you with me, just as you promised. But I want to yield to your promises. I want to yield to you. I want to be obedient to your calling, to your word. You changed me. You transformed me. You gave me good works for me to do. Even before I was born, you thought of me. You wanted me to walk in these steps. You wanted me to experience your power. You wanted me to experience your love, your forgiveness, your mercy, your extended hand to those who are far from you. God is not limited. You cannot limit Him. Will He go with me to work? Of course, you're there. He's not outside the workplace. He's not outside the doctor's office. He's not outside of school. He's not outside of your uni. He's not outside of your home. You carry Him. He dwells in you. And I will go before you, He says. Lord, for your word that is eternal. Your promises are true and amen. I can find rest for my soul in you. There is strength in you. Everything that I need, everything that I lack is found in you. Father, thank you for teaching us today. We want to go deeper, Lord, in our walk with you. We're not just talking about just experiencing him, just to be with him always. Always. relationship that Paul had with God and he says here in Philippians 3.10 I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead I want to suffer with him sharing in his death so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead the depth of his love for Christ that I, I want to experience the power that resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead it is for all of us not some all for all who were called he gave them the right to become children you are a child of God. You are a child of God. You experience the same power. You experience the same power. This is what who He is in you 
through you, for you.